0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Pursuit Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Tenere. And before we get into today's episode, we just want to wish everyone a happy 4th of July. We hope you were able to have a great weekend with your friends and family. With that said, in today's episode, we welcome our good buddy, Thad DeVault. This episode will be similar to some of the ones that we've had with our friends from Ohio State. It's going to be broken up into two segments. In the first segment, we're going to introduce Thad and discuss his career racing dirt bikes worldwide through cross-country racing, or better known as GNCC. Then we dive into some of his training, the differences between GNCC and the more common races like Supercross and Motocross. We get into his bike setup, what it's like racing for a factory team, how injuries have played a role in his career, and then finally the stress of being a Moto Dad. Then in the second half of the show, we discuss his second love, being outside hunting and fishing. We talk about kayak fishing here in Ohio, some of his most memorable hunts, whether it be turkey or whitetail, and how he's having so much fun taking his young son out with him now. Please welcome Thad Duvall.
1: All right. We're good now. We're good. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I sorry. promise we're good this time.
0: Are you sure we're good? Yep. Then <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you <know>, the old <laughs> double record gets you every time, buddy. Well, everyone, uh, like you've seen in the intro and stuff, this is one that I'm super excited about. I kind of mentioned it earlier before we started recording that this will be similar to kind of like what we do with the high state guys, you know. So we were fortunate enough to talk to those guys about football and their career and then kind of how they've transitioned into just being outdoors like you and I. And and that is certainly no different, except that actually races on two wheels and doesn't just run or play football. So some, some motocross people don't necessarily like sports. Some people like myself like it all. And so this will be super fun to talk to you. So first of all, man, thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us today. I'm excited to have you on. Um, like I told you, I'm I'm getting my son into this as well. And I've been kind of getting into it as well. And it's a, it's an awesome sport to follow. And, um, we're super stoked to have you on today, man. So Let's yeah, and I don't know
1: anything about it, so it to yeah. be cool to learn. Yeah, and you're gonna learn a lot because <laughs> yeah. there yeah. um
0: and we'll get into it, but there's obviously different disciplines in terms of motocross racing, and so uh we're going we'll uh you'll you'll be getting the crash course today, yep. yeah. Just like I did. Um and I can't go too far without shouting out my buddy Jordan for hooking this up. Uh he's the one that kinda introduced me to you and who you are and what you do and and then I started seeing the hunting side of things and the motocross, yep. and we kind of built a relationship there on Instagram and stuff. And so shout-out to him. I, I, I got to mention, he's still waiting for that Husqvarna mat. So uh, whenever you want to send that I up, know. I'll give you my I address. Up. I got I'll, up. I'll, I'll give you my address for it, and he can put that in his garage. See, see there you go, buddy. I asked him. I asked him for you. But, <laughs> that man, uh, again, thanks for coming on. Let's go ahead and introduce yep. yourself. And it's uh, just time to talk about what got you started in the racing and, and kind of what it is that you're doing.
2: Yeah, you know my name's Ty Duvall. Uh, luckily enough, I'm I've made a career out of racing uh, dirt bikes in the woods, so it's it's uh, it's cool. Um, you know, I started riding when I was I think two and a half, and just kind of uh, went from there. And one of the lucky ones that made a career out of it and get paid to do uh, what I love to do. And uh, yeah, you know, it's uh, it's been a wild uh career you know i've had a few injuries um big injuries last year i shattered my hip and uh pretty much have a whole new hip in me and um yeah you know it's it's a crazy sport you know i have a four-year-old son now he's full bore in the dirt bikes so i kind of get um some karma for my parents scaring them (laughs) so i know how they feel now um yeah but no this is uh it's it's a crazy sport you know it's um you know, we were very family oriented. Um, you know, I have an amazing wife. She supports me hundred percent. And you know, there's been days where not I couldn't walk for a month, and she had to pretty much do everything. So, um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's been a wild few years with some injuries, but um, luckily enough, uh, I'm still racing. I still love to do it. And uh, yeah, man, it's it's crazy. You know, I we it's busy, busy life. <clears throat> you know, I'm a full time racer and semi full-time hunter half the time. <laughs> there but, you go. Uh, it's enjoyable. So, you know, we travel a lot, you know, we we live in Florida from the beginning of January till the middle of March. And then from the middle of March, we're in North Carolina till the end of April. And then we're home for a few months and then back on the road every weekend racing. So, um, yeah, wouldn't change it for the world, man. I really enjoy it. You know, I get to see some amazing stuff with my wife and my kid and get to Enjoy it, you know. We always say a uh, family that races together stays together. So, um, really cool atmosphere. I really enjoy it, and yeah, man, get to race dirt bikes when I'm not in a cast. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, um, we'll get into the on things, but um, yeah, man, just super enjoyable. Very thankful that dirt bikes have uh, led me to some amazing places. You know, I've been to Japan, Italy, um, South America, Germany. Mexico, all around the world, and you know, still some of my favorite places to be is right here at home. So, um yeah, dirt bikes are rad, and I really enjoy them.
0: They are rad, man. I, <laughs> it was funny, you know. I, like I said, my son is—he's um he's getting ready to turn four. Uh, when this releases, it'll be it, his his birthday. will be like that weekend. So um he's getting ready to turn four. We got him started on a CRF fifty with training wheels. Uh, we've crashed it a couple times we had some uh, some uh, corner track issues yeah. there some muddy corner track issues and getting his foot caught up in the rear brake and stuff and so it's uh it's already taken a toll on me mentally but I know that he loves it and um, I really enjoy watching it it's just so funny like you know we talk to <laughs> some of the baddest dudes when it comes to football and stuff dude I love you Jake Ballard. You're the you're a huge man, but the motocross and GNCC racers and just that, that's a different breed of animal, dude, for sure because these guys it, it's a sport. It's a sport, dude. You see them getting off the bike and they're completely and and just torn down and uh you have to be in good shape, which we'll talk about some more, but yeah, man, it's uh it's wild. What yeah. does
1: uh what's GNCC? What's Well, that? yeah,
0: so we'll get into that. So let's go ahead we'll get started i want to get started with how he like where he got his start but we're going to get into gncc it's grand national cross country correct yep all right so it's, it's basically instead of racing and we'll dive into it some more but instead of racing on like your typical super cross track or just a motocross cross track that you see on tv like the chase section videos i've showed you and stuff he's racing like through the woods through some mud, oh, some nasty okay. terrain like okay. It's some nasty shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. Uh, but let's go ahead before we get into GNCC. I want to talk about like you. You mentioned that you started riding at two and a half, three. Like, yep. take us through your transition and kind of how you got to where you were today. Because I think that's going to be a really cool story.
2: Yeah, you know, started started riding when I was at two two and a half, and um, actually at three. Uh, it's funny. I had a huge crash on a PW fifty, and. Um, I guess I didn't want nothing to do with dirt bikes. And just so happened we had a a mini quad that my, well, I should start my dad raced professional quads for 12 years In the GNCC series. So, um, I was kind of destined to be a quad guy, I guess, from a lot of people. So, So, um, I started (laughs) started on a PW50 and then had a big crash. And actually, I started riding a quad and rode it for quite a while until I was probably six. Um, so I I think everybody was like, oh, he's gonna be a quad rider, quad rider. But then um, I guess just one day I came to my dad and was like, hey, like I I want a dirt bike, and you know with quads they're pretty expensive. You have double of everything. So he jumped on it and got me a dirt bike, and it just kind of took off from there. You know, it's um, uh, you know, at, at from seven I started racing the GNC season on seven. Um, actually signed my first team contract when I was eleven years old with Yamaha. So. Um, I was like the youngest, um, youngest, I guess, GNCC player at the time to have that contract. And, you know, I was with Yamaha all the way from 11 years old till, geez, I think maybe 20. So we had some good, I've won many championships, um, won the XC2 Pro Lights championship in the GNCCs, which is your step down from your XC1 class that I'm in now, um, uh, then, you know, we, I went to Honda in 2012, I rode for factory Honda 2012, 13, 14, uh, had some really good rides. Um, kind of was 12 and 13 and 14 was kind of bumpy years for me. I was kind of a, a private doing my own thing, but for a factory team, I was Honda's factory rider at the time and it was tough and it was a struggle, you know, don't know how much work goes into having to order parts or buying a salary to make money or calling sponsors to be like, Hey, like, do you want to sponsor me? Um, You know, this is luckily enough. I had built a a big enough name for myself where when I did call these sponsors, they're like, Oh yeah, like maybe we can work something out. So, you know, those were some pretty rough years. And I think maybe I want to say they kind of, lit that fire back in me, I guess, I, yeah. I should say.
3: Um
0: Yeah to earn it. And
2: then, yeah, for sure. And then, you know, I had some really good rides in 2014, and then I went to um, Argentina for the ISD six days international race and um, took a, a bone stock Honda 450 and finished ninth overall out of the best riders in the world. So I think I opened up some eyes, and then I actually got home and had some phone calls from uh, – Fred Andrews at the KR 4 uh, arrive and ride team at that time in 2015. And, um, you know, they were riding Husqvarna's and, you know, I jumped on that, you know, it was like, oh, maybe this is a door, uh, an opening for me to kind of get my foot in the door with a factory team, uh, with a Rockstar team. So, um, you know, 15 was really good. And then 16, I had a, a really good year. Um, that's when the factory Rockstar Husqvarna team actually called and, um yeah picked me up and I started uh for the factory Husqvarna team in 2017 and uh yeah it was a crazy few years you know me obviously I'm sure a lot of people that's going to listen to this news Caleb Russell is so um yeah just man we battled for years and you know um it was it was a really good run just a few injuries I it's it's crazy because you know i i raced professionally for so many years and it was like i never i had broken bones but i never had surgery but then in 2020 or at the end of 2019 i blew my knee completely apart um ended up having to get surgery on it so i missed half a 20. came back at the end of 20 had some podiums some really good rides um started actually training with caleb um in 21 and was feeling really good i felt like you know I had a really good shot at the championship and then, um, just a freak thing. I shattered my shoulder on my collarbone. So missed a lot of 2021, um, came back at the end of 21 and had some really good rides again. Um, back, you know, started training for 2022, feeling really good on the bike strong first race hit a stump wrong and, shattered my hip like it's just it's been a really it like 2020 started a really rough couple of years and um you know I've had quite a few injuries but the hip was was pretty gnarly you know I couldn't walk for almost three months and um yeah just I really I in last year when I broke my hip I was kind of like man like I, I think I'm ready to be done I don't know if I really want to do this but um you know I had some really good people behind me and they wouldn't let me quit. So, um, grinded all summer long and came back. And I think I podiumed like uh, three out of the four last races and um, actually um, battled for the win in a couple of ones. So, it was almost like a sigh of relief for me to be like, oh man, like maybe I still got this. And then, you know, beginning of this year, I has been really good. Um, yeah, had some really good ride, the, the sprint enduros. And then had some good rides going at the gsccs and then um just had a weird practice crash and broke my scaphoid in my wrist um it's like one of the worst bones to break for um i guess the professional racer uh, it's like the one of the slowest healing bones in your body so i think a lot of football players have the same injury a lot um it's just uh not a very good bone to break and the way i i had broke it we thought it maybe would heal um on its own and uh, yeah, it's has been that case. So yeah, got a cast on now for the next couple of weeks, trying to figure some stuff out. And yeah, man, it's uh, it's been a long career, but you know, I've had some setbacks. But and I just I've never gave up, and I, I've never had that mentality of never giving up. So uh, just keep bouncing back and keep grinding. It's, it's yeah. what I love to do. So
0: so I, when I when he's uh, when he, <laughs> I want to I go. So when he's shouting out his wife, he really does mean it. <laughs> because that's a lot of that's a lot of uh turmoil if you will yeah. for, for one person to have to deal with for sure so yeah i
2: mean it's you know i was stuck in a recliner last year for almost three months so i couldn't walk couldn't hardly do anything and then she's taking care of me also raising a yeah. wild and crazy three-year-old so it keeps her pretty busy
0: i know yeah sure. and those injuries <laughs> definitely don't help when you're starting to like you said with your child you're starting to think about like, yeah. being, like am I sure he doesn't want to play soccer? Like, (laughs) like, are we sure? (laughs) I just
2: assume him do anything other than dirt bikes. It's just, he's diehard dirt bikes. It ain't going to change.
0: Oh, for sure. And that's something that I battle with a lot too. It's like, man, like I know people get hurt with this. Like I've seen my son crash into the house. Like, like I've seen it. Like, am I sure I want him to do that? But dude, (laughs) he'll be out there for like three hours, like nonstop, just going around and around and and around and around. So, um, we kind of touched on it a little bit too but uh grand national cross country um people that may think of um supercross and motocross and just dirt bikes in general I don't know, did you ever watch the disney movie supercross or no not supercross is was it it was motocross, motocross. 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 but yeah. then there was the channing tatum supercross movie which got me kind of oh, yeah. confused did you ever watch that disney channel all right so a lot of people probably know who like Ricky Carmichael is or Jeremy McGrath or like big names like that. Right. Everyone's or Brian Deegan, you know, like from, you know, the meta malicious stuff, but what these guys are doing is completely different. So I want to give you like, let's, for someone who's not like, like a Ben, let's tell the differences between just like what they see and, you know, Lucas oil stadium versus what you're doing out there at that a lot. And uh, also too, a local connection which you might know on 33 fast tracks before you get to Nelsonville. Mm-hmm. That's that's a track too where we were talking about before. So that's kind of an area locally where people can do this too, but let's talk about the differences between those the GNCC races and then like the normal disciplines if you will.
2: Yeah, you know like a lot of you know obviously a lot of people know what supercross and motocross is. You get to see it on TV, you know. Yep. Supercross is in stadiums, um, You get to see the whole thing. Motocross is um, outdoors but you still get to see kind of the whole concept on yeah. camera and everything and um yeah the GNCC is is totally opposite of that you know we race all over the east coast every state pretty much you know um our race you know they have multiple races over the weekend saturdays quad races sundays bike races you know by the time we get to race on that track it that track's like 20 hours old from yeah. people racing it so the track's pretty beat you know our the GCs are typically, you know, obviously through the trees, but it's like 11 to 13 miles of trail. So it's, you know, a lot of people don't see a lot of the racing, um, you know, they, they are getting better. Um, they have the live feed now where they have quite a few cameras strung out through the woods. Um, you know, our race for the afternoon is is three hours long. So, you know, we're on a bike for three hours constantly, um, just getting
0: the,
3: Pace yeah, in <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, com- um, in
0: comparison that's that's a that's a comparison between the other disciplines being on there for 30 minutes plus two basically Yeah. or like 30, Which
3: is, 30 I, minutes 30 minutes so, I'll
2: give it to, that is you know motocross is high demand you know you are say your heart rate for motocross is 180 to 190 to 200 beats per minute you know where we are there but not for you know we're kind of like uh almost like a wave kind of yeah, like yeah yeah push at certain times and um you know they do have a lot of similarity but i do believe um they kind of fall in the same category as i guess mentally toughness yeah um you know we, we are racing for three hours it is tough but uh at the end of the day man it's it's a long day especially when the tracks uh, muddy or ruddy or you know um snow we raced at snow she rushes in the ski resort and it's like yeah. one of the toughest races of all year um you know we were racing in gnarly conditions for three hours over rocks and um yeah it's there's a lot i wish people could see for the gnccs to really i think it would open up the eyes and be like wow this sport it's really demanding but yeah um you know with us we kind of people don't get to see that i guess
0: yeah and then then they start streaming it on peacock like everything else so we can watch man that'd yeah. be sweet because like i said that's been it's been something that i'm super interested in it's just you see it um you kind of touched into uh, like the, the the demand, right? So mentally tough, yeah. I think is what you heard. And I had a note here that actually feeds in perfectly for this. But, you know, as a professional rider, you know, I'm always seeing you doing that road work. You're always out there, you know, making sure that you're fit. Like what kind of physical yeah. and mental preparation goes into making sure that you can compete for a factory team?
2: Months and months and months of preparation. I mean, it's like, <clears throat> you know, our season is from... Um, the end of february to the end of october so um you know at the end of october let's say you're, you're going to the next season you maybe get a month to kind of um do what you want i guess it works out for me cuz i get november for
3: yeah there you hunting. go that's what
2: you know it's the you know december rolls around and you're all, like you're already kind of getting that mindset all right i need to get back in the gym i need to start doing this and then you know, we leave like two days after Christmas, you know, we, we celebrate Christmas and then it's like, we pack, take our Christmas stuff down. We pack, we head to Florida. And then I, you know, all of January Feb, and February, and it's just everyday grind. I mean, we're riding, uh, I don't don't even know, some weeks a lot, you know, it's, you know, Monday, you know, there's some days where we're, cycling for three hours riding for two hours and then gym you know it's it's i hate to even say it but it's like a nine to five job you know it's it's oh, all that, day yeah uh, i mean it's and, and that goes for weeks and weeks and weeks and even when race season comes around you're still every day doing something and um and it's it's a grind and then you know we go on summer break for july and then you know back and then august it's like right back into that boot camp it's so um and it's there's some long days there's some struggle days and there's days where i'm like why why do i still do this like i i'm i wouldn't say i don't enjoy it i do enjoy the suffer, but it's just sure. like some days, it's like man like i think I, I, this is a long day like gosh, should i even be doing this but um you know then we, then you get to a race and there's no question that I'm like, am I prepared for this? You know, you, we race for three hours and you have to be on your toes the whole three hours. You have to be mentally sharp. Um, if not, you know, you, we're going 30 mile an hour between trees that are three foot wide. So yeah. it's yeah. Just like, and if you have that one little mistake, it's
0: Game obviously off.
2: like, yeah, yeah
0: it's, it's a, it's a shatter your collarbone, shatter your hip, yeah, break your wrist.
2: <laughs> yeah, for sure.
0: So Pull your knee out. And there's,
2: a lot goes into our sport, that's for sure. Which any sport, obviously. Oh, yeah. But um, yeah, it makes for some long days.
0: Oh, for sure. Um, so getting into kind of some more of the GNCC stuff. Let's—I want to kind of get into the bike setup a little bit too, because people that are listening that are that are gearheads and know the differences. You know, um, there's obviously some. There's some differences between like a supercross suspension to the motocross suspension. Probably even more so for yeah. you guys too. I know like larger fuel yeah. fuel capacity is a huge issue when you're riding three hours. Are there any specific modifications to like the bike that you can talk about that would differ between the supercross race and the motocross race? Um,
2: obviously we have uh, a bigger tanks. So, you know the average tank is one point eight gallons. Our tanks are three point two. So I mean, there's we carry have to carry obviously extra fuel. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, instead of like a supercross motocross bike, they'll have 19-inch rear tires. We run an 18-inch tire. Okay. Um, makes the tire, an 18-inch tire has more like a taller side knob, so it's more plushness in the roots and the rocks. Um, but other than that, really, you know, for my setup is pretty similar to like a motocross suspension setup. I like my stuff a little stiff. Um, so there's not really much difference between that. Um really just the big difference is just a, a big tank and an 18 inch tire. You know? So, yeah. you know, um, I'm running a motocross motor, um, uh, motocross frame. So, um, yeah, there's not much big difference between ours, but, you know, I know a lot of guys, they'll run, um, like an enduro frame. With, yeah. Cause it, uh, the gussets are a little different, the welds are a little different. So the frame actually flexes a little more for the roots and the rocks. So, um, it's just all preference really. But I'm, I'm, the biggest thing is just like a big tank for fuel yeah. thing You're racing three hours, two hours. So, um, yeah, not much difference
0: going into like some of the bike stuff too. Obviously you race for, for Husky. Um, we didn't mention, but now you're with gas gas. Um, yep. I was kind of telling the Ben to like, so, and I can't remember I can't remember who owns who, but I know KTM, Gas Gas, and Husqvarna are all under the same roof. Um, you have yep. a sweet new facility that you just got to visit not too long ago. Yep. So, if we can, let's... Do you think, for this particular sport, and given that those bikes are from the Europe scene, do you think that those bikes... Is there a difference between European bikes and the Japanese bikes when it comes to cross-country stuff? Or do you think, just depending on, like, the terrain and where um, they're from, or...
2: Yeah, they're. I think there's like our, our frames are steel frames. Like, I guess the Austrian bikes are steel frames. The Jap bikes are mostly aluminum frames. So they have their, I guess in certain places they have their advantages or disadvantages. Um, I don't really know how I've rode both and I've never really, I couldn't tell you the difference or what one frame will do to another frame. Um, I am picky when it comes to setup so but other than that I like it I don't think one really has an advantage over the other okay. I just I do know KTM gas gas and Husqvarna they put a lot of effort into the off-road scene where you yeah. kind of watch the the dirt bikes kind of motocross supercross that kind of scene or whatever so um you know I I do feel like KTM And a gas gas are kind of ahead of the game on the off road side, I guess you should say. Um, But just because they, you know, they devote a lot of time to testing or developing um, these off road bikes and they have a bigger line of off road bikes. So,
0: yeah, um, I was going to parallel that to a little bit. And this is this is kind of a complete segue, not necessarily, but a little bit. But obviously, MXGP is kind of that all, all year round, super gnarly, disgusting terrain, you know, the mountains and stuff and i'm I'm not, I may be wrong on it, but i think I've heard where like k t m like hurlings obviously he's he's one of the greatest riders of all time, right yeah and I think he with his red bull contract like he's basically getting like a bike built for each like track like KTM specifically oh, wow. building a bike there's not like the <laughs> same platform with some tweaks like they're really devoted into some of the just like that gnarly stuff like that was talking about
2: <laughs> yeah i mean they have they have data from probably you see they've been at that track for 15 years they have data from every year at that track so they're like okay you know we can we can go in and it's crazy because like we can go in and change this yes to make the frame flex more at this track where that track is super rough so they don't want the frame to be rigid like there's so much stuff that goes
0: it's it's crazy like
1: I'm kind of curious
0: he's about, he's
2: like, he's like, what is
0: going on? I like, I, Poor Ben's mind's like, I'm it's doing the, the what's the mental gymnastics thing with all yeah. the
1: equations. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, well, at the beginning when you said you're going overseas, you're going to Europe, you're going to Japan. I'm just wondering what the logistics look like to move your whole setup. How many bikes do you take? Yeah. How, like, how does all that stuff work? If you were to go to Japan, do they have stuff there for you? Or are you taking your own or. Uh, that's that's where my head's going uh, on the factory time.
2: Yeah. Most of the time, um, they're building stuff here and then shipping it there. Um, you know, like uh, for you know, a race. that obviously a big race for us. Offered guys are the international six days enduro series. So, like that's when every country picks the best four riders and they they go there and represent their country. And um, you know, luckily I, I've been picked quite a few times. Um, so you know, they'll build our bikes here and then they'll ship them there. And then like we get there and then we show up and then everything's ready, but in the, but in some cases, you know, um, a lot of times we'll have to take our own suspension or things like that. And like they kind of, <laughs> yeah, like they'll have a bike there, but it's kind of like we have a bike, Yeah. you bring what you want. Um, you know, and uh, I'm sure the case with a lot of riders is first priority is a suspension for sure. Oh a hundred percent. Um,
1: so like you said oh. you like yours a little stiffer you're going to bring your own suspension and hook it up to that bike that way you don't have to yeah. mess with it and test it out and everything. Yeah, that way when
2: that's I cool. get there all I do is mount that stuff up and I know the bike is remotely close to what I what I've been riding or whatever. Yeah, cool. You cool. Know, and then even like that's <clears throat> we you know we they build our practice bikes. You know, our race bikes we only touch them on the weekends at the race. So you know we have practice bikes at home and you know they'll they'll spend all that money to build us two practice bikes yeah. that are identical to our race bikes so it's okay. like when we leave our practice bikes to ride our race bikes there is enough nothing different like it's all the same you know to feel comfortable on both so a lot of a lot of work goes into it for a, lot sure. of, a,
0: yeah. lot, a lot of work and a lot of money
1: no i'm yeah. sure yeah. a, a yeah. massive yeah.
0: amount of money like I was just talking to Jordan yesterday about um uh, this little girl there's a video on um Moto Playground and it was I mean, you may have seen it it was like a girl that got qualified for the South Central regional and she yeah. was just like surprised and just dude she was just covered in mud and um he's like yeah she just realized that she's got to spend like 10 grand now to get to nationals. <laughs> I was like, yeah, Jesus, it's, it's ridiculous, dude. But there's
2: a lot of money you guys into it for sure. That's just
0: mo- motorsports in general, right? Like max down yeah. here. He loves dirt track racing. He loves NASCAR. Yeah. Like,
1: well, pick your poison. Yeah. Any, any pro sport you're yep. going to spend a lot of money in. No, money yeah. doesn't always buy yeah. speed. It, oh yeah. But yeah. at
0: the same time, but it definitely helps for sure. Um, yeah. I want to sure. get in a little bit more with the bike. So has there been, you know, you were obviously with Husky. I don't know what you consider, yep. like, the premier brand in terms of those three. I know I have my opinion, but you're sponsored, so I don't want you to shoot yourself in the foot. But, like, if there have been a different, like, what are the main differences between, like, a KTM, a Husky, Gas Gas? They're all very similar, obviously. Yeah. Under the same umbrella, but I know there are some certain tweaks that are different. I've heard you say sometimes, too, like maybe the seat height or how things handle kind yeah. of how things feel has, has there been much of a transition between switching from husky for all i think what you were on a husky for like six or seven years to, yeah to, i was on a to, husky for to the gas to gas, gas this gas, year so. yeah to the gas gas this year
2: <clears throat> um you know obviously all three are are a good brand sure good bikes um you know i was with husky for quite a while and i was with them through like a couple of the new generation frames or the new generation setups and um you know the last generation was good but it i i don't know i just kind of struggle with it a little bit and then you know that's when i started testing the gas gas and uh, actually i i i like the gas gas a little better um you know it's there's not much big difference you know frames are the same but when it like it has the house has a composite carbon subframe so and then the gas gas has a aluminum subframe um so there's a little bit more flex here and there rigidity here and there but um trying to figure out how to like say it like no, you're properly good. without
0: you're
3: um but yeah you know i, I mean there's slight di- the there's, guy,
0: there's slight differences
3: it, i
2: guess so this is what i tell people people are like oh you know ktm owns husqvar gas gas they're all the same bike they're not the same bike they're yeah all all three are different they all have their char- own characteristics um the characteristics i like the best are with the gas gas i Perfect. i it just suits my riding style um it's just the most i'm the most comfortable on the GasGas. Yeah. i feel like just it i mean obviously everybody's different you know yeah. some people will be like oh like ktm fits me or the husband runner fits me or you know um all three are, are awesome bikes they're the, the best bikes i think in the industry um but just rider preference really yeah, yeah. i think is whoever whatever you want um but i i really enjoy riding the gas gas it kind of suits my riding style you know i like the rear of the bike to be a little lower um you know it kind of sounds weird but i actually steer more with the rear of the bike. I like to slide it a little bit. So, um, instead of having more pressure on the front tire, I like to have more pressure on the rear tire with it. Send a little low. So with the gas gas, I can get that feeling, but with the husband Warrior, I couldn't really get that feeling without it being super low and not having, um, I guess that plushness in the suspension. So, yeah, yeah. um,
0: and I'll have, to, I'll have to show you the video. I don't know if I've ever shared it with you, but like he's talking about, they're all under the same fact, they're all under the same roof, which, they just spent a mega ton of money to build a brand new facility for you guys. What's it? Is it in California or Arizona? I can't yeah. Remember. California. California. Yeah. yeah and then uh, he got a chance to go out. I knew that we were getting ready to have him on and he's got, everyone's broken down. It's got the KTM motocross right. guy it's got the ktm offered, you know cross-country guys and then you like it goes husky and then it goes into the gas gas guys and here he was <laughs> he's got a sick picture of him like throwing a whip <laughs> and uh he's got his own little booth and everything it's just yeah. like it's i mean you could eat off the floor <laughs> it's ridiculous so it's like a billion dollar project yeah like it's, it's insane i'll have to show you money. some of the videos i think i saw yeah. um was it a racer x did uh yeah there? they did a video so. jason uh well i can't think of his last name why did
3: Wagon. Wagon. Yeah. yeah
0: um yeah he was like interviewing everybody on the i don't think you were there that day but like uh um, yeah. coop was there plessinger was there uh of course in the man bam bam barsha was there on the gas gas side um yeah. how's it been to like kind of like bump elbows with those guys you know i'm sure that some of them you've looked up to for a while
2: yeah you know obviously <sighs> yeah, they're big names and stuff like that but um everybody's super down to earth you know i've known quite a few of those guys for a while um you know i've known justin for a while just through other relationships with people sure. and um obviously aaron Plessinger, you know i have a good relationship with him he's a man um he's just like you meet those guys and you kind of hear you're like oh people are like oh, you know, he's stuck up he's a pro or he's arrogant, or whatever but like we're just normal people. Like yeah, you yeah. get to know people; they they're super cool. And um, you know, I've, I feel like I'm pretty good friends with most of the people. Like uh, most of those guys, like Cooper Webb and all those guys. And um, it, it's cool to be affiliated with those guys under the same umbrella, yeah. I guess you should say, out there and stuff like that. And see your name next to those big names. And um, yeah, it's it's cool. You know, like I said, you know, I was a that kid one back in the day i'm like man I, I i hope i can make it one day i want to be like him or you know yeah. and, and to be where i am now it, it's crazy for sure very thankful that's awesome man
0: and so it just goes back to like the model you always tell me man they put their pants on the same way just like anybody else mm-hmm. yeah yeah before we get in i want to i want to dive back into your son so like i've told you and then we'll get into the hunting stuff um but as a dad with a soon-to-be four-year-old um, like I got him as P-Dub. We're, we're building it. I ended up buying a, a kind of a lemon. So I got to go back through and fix some things. But luckily P-Dub parts aren't necessarily expensive yet. Yeah. We're getting there. I'll get, I'll turn yeah. into a full blown mini dad here before too long when I get him on the, yeah. I tell you what, that Husky 60 or that Husky 50 and that, um, that that's looking pretty sweet, especially the e-bikes too, man. Those are pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, but getting into that stuff, uh obviously <laughs> he's, he's giving you the scares now. And, uh, you know, you're trying, obviously you're trying to obviously try and teach him proper form and you're trying to teach him the way yeah. that he needs to do things. And he's a little ripper, man. Uh, shout out Jacoby because he's a little ripper. I've seen some of his videos and it's just, like <laughs> he's flying. Um, yeah. for for anyone like myself, uh, that, that would be listening with a young kid and then, you know, learning off your experience what that you had with your dad, like what would be some tips that you would give someone to, to get their kid into a GNCC sport or even motocross or, or anything for that matter? Yeah racing down at the local fair like whatever uh what are some advice or tips would you give to to like dads or moms out there that were like getting their kid involved in motorsports?
2: um let him be a kid first like i you know that was something my parents was super good at they never pushed me they were like if you want to ride ride um obviously when i got older we got a little bit more serious with it um but like now with him it's just like if he wants to ride, I'm okay with it. Like, yeah. I'm not gonna push him. Like, I'm not gonna be like, "Oh, let's go ride in the mud," or "Let's go do this," or "Let's go." You're starting to get serious. Let's go do moto. Like, I let him be a kid first. If he wants to ride, um, we ride. Like, it, it's cool. You know, I feel like I've seen a lot of good kids kind of get pushed away from the sport. I feel like, um, sure. From obviously from the parents, just trying to be. I've seen too many parents try to live the dream through their kids is I pretty much just straightforward blunt. I mean, it's just yeah, like, no, 100%. Uh, yeah, it's just, I don't know, man, just, just let him be a kid first and, and have fun with it. Like I, I, I want him to have fun growing up and I don't want to burn him out. Like I, yeah. I feel like, you know, I've looked at kids or older kids and be like, man, like that kid's got what it takes, takes to make it. Like, and it's weird to even look at Jacoby and be like, man, I, like he might be something one day. So it's just like, yeah, yeah. just let him be a kid, have fun, just be a family. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's crazy, no, it's cool, and you know, take him to the fair races. Don't. I feel like you know, with Jacoby, we he could have started racing earlier than what he did, but we did some. Like last year, we went to Fast Tracks and yep. did some like little races. I got him used to racing with other kids, and um, he's doing exceptionally good now. So I feel like, um, yeah, just, just let him have fun and keep it fun for him. Don't don't push him. Just, um, yeah, let him be a kid.
0: I guess you could echo that really in anything for that matter. I mean, yeah. U-Sports, I mean, it's the, it's the daddy ball stuff. I mean, it's the same thing when it comes to, to motorsports. You know, it's... Again, I think that's where I'm blessed too because I don't have, yeah, I played sport like the main three sports, you know, baseball, basketball, football, but I never really did motocross. And so it's always something I wanted to do, but not necessarily something I did. And so I don't have that, oh, I want to relive those glory days of racing down here or racing down here or, or get my kid to Loretta. Like, I, I don't have that. And so yeah. It's like, if he wants to ride, like, dude, I'm, I'm learning just as much. Like that was my first time at fast tracks with him. Just the same. Yeah. And so it's like, I have no expectation, but I can totally see like in the world of Instagram and in the world of social media and all this stuff, TikToks, it's like, there are people out there like always put like, they're sho- they're showing up with the hundred thousand dollar motor home attached to mm-hmm. an enclosed 20 foot <laughs> box trailer. You got three bikes you know, you, you got a bike for each class, you know, cause you're running like yeah. three classes to get your ticket. Like there's a lot of money that goes into that. And I feel like people can be like so hard on their child to like make sure they perform. You know what I mean? Like, that's just, yeah. at the end of the day, he's, even, he's still a seven year old or an eight year old. Like, you, yeah. you, you know what I mean? Like they're still young kids. And I feel like
2: it's, it's not even, I would say pressure from, I guess, the parents and I sometimes I feel like it's the pressure from the outside world for the kids. You know, yeah. Like Caleb's boy crew, he'll he'll have the name Russell. So it's like, oh, his dad's Caleb, so I'm sure he'll have everything handed to him. Or Jacoby be like, oh he his last name's the ball. Like he'll have everything handed to him. Or even it goes like that in any sport. Like, yeah. you look at it, I mean look at like LeBron Deegan. James. Like oh, yeah, yeah. yeah he and Deegan, yeah. like even other outside sports it's like you know they're all oh, he he has a name he'll have it but like that's one thing i want for Jacoby. like i want him to work for it and i want everybody to be like oh like yeah yeah he's a good rider. he's worked for it like he deserves it like i feel like that's a lot of the pressure too for for the kids it's from the outside world oh, so sure. um that's like just another big thing is just to keep their head straight and keep forward for sure
0: Hey everyone, we need to take a quick break from the conversation to let you know about some awesome events that some friends of our show are putting on this month. The first guest is Justin Ross with Archery Hike, and then Tony Ruffing with the Ohio Backcountry Hunters and Anglers.
4: Hey, it's Justin Ross. Archery Hike 2023 is right around the corner. July 7, 8, or 9, you can experience this one-of-a-kind 3D shooting experience right outside of Logan, Ohio, in the heart of Hocking Hills. Archery Hike Hocking Hills 2023 is a two plus mile hike throughout your favorite terrain like you're in a backcountry hunt. The trail guide you'll receive at check-in will guide you to 25 trail markers. Each marker will have a life-size target in a real life spot and stock situation. They won't all be broadside and they won't all be 20 yards. Come and enjoy a day in the wilderness with your friends and family. Each hiking pass gets you full access all day long. Shoot the course as many times as you like. All ages at any skill level are welcome. Register online at archeryhike.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at archeryhike. See all of you soon, and remember archery hike, not your typical walk in the woods.
1: Hey gang, Tony Ruffing here with the Ohio Chapter of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. I just wanted to take a moment to invite you to join us at Covered Bridge Outfitters in County, Ohio July 21st through the 23rd as our chapter hosts Muster in the Marsh. This year we'll be joined by meat eaters Ryan Callahan and Kevin Murphy of Murphy Small Game Nation. There's camping, live music, outdoor workshops, wild game cooking, storytelling, events for the kids, and more. You're not going to want to miss this national event as we bring chapters from all over the country together to celebrate our public lands and waters and all they have to offer. For more information and tickets, follow us on our Instagram page at OhioBHA or online at backcountryhunters.org. Hope to see you there.
0: Thanks, everyone. We hope to see you at these great events, especially Archery Hike this coming weekend. But let's go ahead now and get back into the conversation with that. i'm ready you're ready to switch gears man so the whole time that we've switching gears that was pun intended by the way the whole time so we got we got you here on the monitor and you don't know this but ben's got like the the your T D T J D hunt instagram page underneath it right here yeah and he just i love how he's just sitting here talking about his boy and then he's got his son down here holding like a four pound bass 20 inch <laughs> yeah, it's, or, like, it's that's, as tall as yeah. him and then right next to it, you got bow fishing. Yeah. Let's uh yeah so let's put the motocross stuff aside. Um I could talk to you an entire podcast about it. But yeah. we'll we'll put that to side. Maybe I'll start another one. But let's get into the hunting stuff because obviously you got some monster deer behind you. Your son's yep. holding the four pound large mouth. I know this is super a uh, super passion for you. So let's get into like hunting and where you got started and kind of starting from the scratch yep. there on the hunting side because I think that's super awesome
2: yeah you know obviously racing dirt bikes full time uh we spend a lot of time at home so um super blessed that you know i'm able to be outdoors almost every day you know it's um it's crazy to think uh where i have able to what i've been able to do outdoors within with deer or bow fishing um you know i obviously started at a young age and um luckily my dad was a big time hunter and he got me into it and just kind of admit it it's I, don't, I wouldn't even say like it's but it's funny because i wouldn't even say it's a passion like it's it's. i'm literally obsessed with obsessed with it like it's if i'm not ter- obviously i i am gone from january to march which is tough because by the time i get home it's kind of like i kind of miss the whole shed rally thing, yeah 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 which kind of kind of stinks cuz by the time i get home it's pretty green or The squirrels have everything chewed up but like once i get home it's less like all right turkey season fishing season um deer season you know we've been i've really picked up on um we have some really good kayak stuff i don't know if you ever heard of the up at the strip mines obviously the ap grass yeah -hmm. so i really i've really got into it the the last few years going up there to fish um I'll be able to catch some
0: they got some monsters Monster out fish there. up there. They got some yeah, bench chicken said he's like hell yeah. yeah. That, now you're speaking my love a, language here.
2: <laughs> last last year I was able to catch like an eight pound, eleven ounce bass up there. Like <sighs> um uh, so I really got into it with the kayaks and I don't know, man. Just like what kayak, I just enjoy being outdoors.
0: What kayak are you using not to interrupt?
2: Um, I use a Pelican Catch one hundred stand up one.
0: So I can stand
2: up and um I can uh I, I usually go with a couple of people and they always get mad because I can stand up in sight like yeah, sight bed, fish. Fish the, yeah. Bed, yeah, bed fish them. So they're always like, well, you can stand up, but <laughs> no, man, it's just, um, yeah, I just enjoy being outdoors. And most of the time I'm, I'm, I'm able to get exercise obviously from, you know, I do get to shed on a little bit. So I, I use it as exercise or, you know, I have a, a e-bike. So, um, <clears throat> I ride it a lot, checking cameras and stuff. So I'm kind of getting two birds with one stone. So, um, yeah, man, it's just uh, it's definitely an obsession of mine, and I'm super thankful that um, I live in West Virginia, but I'm right on the Ohio border, yep. so um, I've able to you know go to Ohio and chase some of the some of the biggest deer on, in in the Midwest. So oh, for sure. Um, and you know, it's I have about 2,300 acres I can um, hunt in Ohio with a couple different farms and some families that. Um, obviously that I've met through racing. So I'm pretty fortunate enough for that. So, um uh, yeah, man, it's, it's, uh, I, I love it. I almost, I almost love it more than racing, honestly. And it's, you know,
0: it's a lot better for your racing body. Is,
2: yeah. <laughs> racing is coming to an end Yeah, obviously in the next few years. So it's kinda, I have some ideas that I want to do on the outdoor scene. So, um, yeah, really looking forward to, obviously having a, that obsession
0: the rest of my life that's a, yeah i'm glad we talked about pelican is that one that we carry mm-hmm. is it a pelican so yeah. we carry um hobie old town and then the pelican so we get yeah. we're, we're just dipping our toes in the the kayak waters now here at the store yeah. so i know you've been looking at quite a bit of them too i know brian does a lot of stand-up bed fishing as well
1: yeah we've had pelican for a couple of years and then we just picked up hobie and uh old town just this last yeah. this last season before the season started that's been a game changer i spent a lot well, of time
2: it's funny because i think a lot of people are picking up on the kayak fishing and, yeah you know i, I think i <clears throat> i picked my kayak up or i kind of got into the kayak fishing and then um, i was like man like i just had like a sit down cheap kayak i was like man i need to really like find a good kayak if i want to do this so i just happened to like i think i went to royal king or something yeah. like that and they had this pelican catch and it was like on sale for like 339 it was like stand up you can stand up i'm like i don't know if you'd be able to stand up and actually i was like oh i'm gonna buy it i bought it and i cannot i cannot believe how like stable the kayak is like it's it's awesome and it's crazy because now the kayak's like if you see the guy, it's like nine hundred dollars and I was like, Man, I got, luck. you
3: got lucky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Or you get into the Hobie, so. Hobie game, you're looking at like three thirty five, yeah. four.
1: Uh the top of the line Hobie is like five grand with nothing on it. And yeah. then you start yeah.
0: throwing in ten thousand dollars worth yeah. of sonar and yeah, si- people go crazy
2: with them you don't know how, you don't know how out of shape you really are until you have to drag a kayak like Bro. a mile through the grass that's up to your chest like that oh. is a workout right there oh for, for sure, sure. <laughs> so.
3: you just did some <laughs> video
0: a- some videos on them too we got like you wouldn't be able to move those hobies without a cart yeah yeah i yeah. mean they're the like
1: hobie's so big and it weighs so much if you had any kind of tackle in it you'd need that little cart that they come you can buy yeah. the cart extra and you know they make them for pelicans too. Yeah, it's yeah. just a, like a fold up yeah. deal, and yeah. Yeah, my my only time
0: my time only time. version of ki- kayaking is just I have that little pelican ten footer, and uh, yeah. it's just a sit in. But I I would never. I mean, you could fish out of it, I suppose, but I don't really.
1: If you're going to AEP a lot, yeah. you got to check out a belly boat. Have you ever messed yeah, with? Yeah, I heard
2: those. I heard those are pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's I, like a little. Float. That'd be something.
1: What, it it's a tube that you sit in. Okay, yeah. yeah. And You get flippers, like you know, a pool, like, pole, scuba like, a, like a pool, like a pool tube. Like a no, no. It's it's like um, it's almost like it's a like horseshoe. A yeah, yeah, yeah. You sit on it. It's shaped like a horseshoe. Okay. Um, but you could pack it in, and you just get a little pump. Air and, pump, pump yeah. I yeah, said, yeah. that's uh, Tarek.
0: Tarek was those the guys that mm-hmm. go down there for. I Tarek spent, does it too. Does he? Okay. Yeah. I I spent a lot of time this year turkey hunting, and I I kind of dedicated myself to hunting um aep this year yeah i mean obviously there's a a whole another challenge to that but like i spent a lot of time doing there are some there's some really nice lakes ponds lakes whatever you want to call them depending on where you are um down there and uh that strip mine stuff dude it's just it's loaded i've I've, you hear nothing but people catching six seven plus
1: yeah if you're willing to hike in you can catch some monsters out there for sure yeah for
0: sure so i don't know if you remember this i i mean you remember it but i don't know if ben does the uh i told him when he was he was telling us how he was down in florida training a lot did you get the turkey hunt down in florida at all during that time i didn't, like, no, you're i didn't get the turkey yeah
2: i didn't get the turkey hunt any but i didn't get the hog hunt. yeah times.
0: you know where i'm going with this i so yeah. i think it was funny because i think you were you had a day of riding you're at you're at like the you know the, the, uh, the training grounds if you will like the practice yep. facility you know your guys's area and um i was telling ben so he he had a whole day of training and riding and getting ready for his races and then this guy goes out there with a damn bow and wants to freaking <laughs> hunt some wild hogs down in florida with a bow yeah. I Tell, let's talk about that because that was freak wild man yeah you know <clears throat> um obviously
2: i go to florida and live in this in the spring um you know i actually used to live um, with a good friend down outside of orlando and they had like a thousand acre lease um and it was just covered with pigs so we would get out go out there and spot and stalk pigs all the time from like 2016 to 2019 um yeah killed some good pigs and actually killed a, a it was like i think he was just shy of like 350 pounds uh wild boar uh one year down there and we spot and stalked it and at like five yards, and the thing had like seven <laughs> seven inch tusks oh, my side God. Side. so it was a it was a big boy, um but yeah, you know it's obviously you know we get we train all day and we get done at like two or three, and then you kind of got the afternoon off, so either I'm either going pig hunting or or going fishing um, yeah. so you know yeah it was a it was a long day, and you know we had, <clears throat> I had this gigantic boar coming in. I, everybody thinks it's like four or 500 pounds. I don't know if it's one that they had caught at one time and snipped it or whatever. So the testosterone on the yeah. thing is just outrageous. Um, I have to send you a picture of it, but uh, i hunted it a few times, but it seemed like it would only come in at like nine thirty at night. So it was like, like, dang it, man. So I went and bought one of those like green feeder light things yep. for pig hunting. So, um yeah trained all day a few times and then i would go out at like when it's kind of um
0: Pitch black. in the evening
2: or whatever yeah and i i would i think one night i set to like 2 30 in the morning just in the middle of a swamp by myself with <laughs> just a bow hanging in the tree oh, like dude. it was it was like a little like i've done some dumb stuff but it was probably like out there for sure so but luckily there was uh it used to be an old hunting ground at one time. So there was a couple old ladder stands. So yeah, yeah. I drug an old, old drug an old ladder stand back there with some new ratchet straps and ratchet up. So I wasn't a tree stand, but it was, it was a little sketchy, but yeah, you know, I just um, try to hunt every chance I get for something for sure.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, but
2: then the whole, the whole Turkey thing is, you know, Uh, actually I, I've killed turkeys down there in the past. I've killed a, I've killed two Osceola. So, um, it's kind of cool. I can say that I killed Osceola, but, um, so usually about the time we have to leave Florida to go to North Carolina to train and that's when season's coming in like that very, maybe two weeks, two weeks later. So, um, but I'm always down there messing with turkeys. You know, there's always dirt roads with some public land on both sides. And, um, (laughs) we went and was training one day on bicycles and i'm like i could see this like strut marks up and down this road like i'm like man that looks like a turkey been strutting there so i was like i went back that evening because you know we've heard them in the morning training and stuff so i was like i'm gonna see if we can hear one in one evening and i went there on that road and got there and i was sitting on my bicycle and i hoot out a couple times and nothing and i called a couple times and nothing and i like just having to look through this opening Um, and then there was, like, a big clear cut, like, 400 yards away, and I see this black dot, like, way, like, 400 yards away, and this, this turkey, I literally made maybe, like, three or four soft yelps, and this turkey come running from 400 (laughs) yards away, and I'm, like, watching this thing, and it's, the thing runs, and I'm, like, just sitting on my bicycle on this dirt road, and this thing runs, like, five yards from me, I'm videoing it, like, it's crazy i'm like man why can't this be like a week later like
0: <laughs> right so he was ready but
2: yeah i mean it's them turkeys down there are a different breed than they are up here them turkeys down there are pretty pretty aggressive when it comes to calling so it's, that florida uh, heat yeah it's <laughs> it's cool to be down there to take it's cool to be able to experience like hunting down there and then and experience hunting up here so it's kind of I get both worlds with
0: it. As long as you're not whitetail hunting down in Florida, your your uh your level of of um standard would go down quite a bit. Yeah. I remember uh yeah. Dan and Jackie who we've had on the podcast. They in Tallahassee? I don't remember where. They're in Tallahassee or like the Panhandle.
3: Yeah.
0: In the Panhandle and they're always telling us how the deer it took them a while to like not shoot fawns up here because yeah. that's kind of what they they had like, to adjust had yeah. adjust their
1: thing. Yeah. But. <laughs> you ever go pick up like another
0: Sorry. Go ahead.
2: I was going to say like, that's another thing, you know, being in West Virginia and then hunting Ohio is like, mountain deer. you know, like, you know, I have all this land in Ohio to hunt and literally where we live at in West Virginia, we live on a big hill and we overlook the Ohio river in Ohio. And I can literally see one of the farms in Ohio that I'm able to hunt from our house in West Virginia. And it's, way the crow flies maybe two miles if that and um it's crazy because i can have a deer in ohio on that farm be 140 to 150 and not even really like bad an eye at. i guess as bad as it sounds or even think about it but if i had that deer here in west virginia oh, on dude. my farm i would be obsessed every day like i'd be doing everything to kill that deer but it's just it's crazy what that Buck limit does in West Virginia compared to Ohio, or even that Ohio River like separates like it's it's crazy like just having different mindsets for different states that are literally right beside each other. Oh,
0: for sure, for sure, and we're kind of spoiled with it because it's just like that's what we're always obsessed with. It's just the central, yeah. central Ohio deer. So it's <laughs> like Ohio
2: got- has ruined me for hunting West Virginia. Like I've ab- I've been able to kill some really good deer in West Virginia, but it's just like. Like, I, I hate, like, it sounds bad that I wouldn't even really think about even, I'm like, oh, there's a, he's, that deer's probably like 155, he'll be a good one next year. You know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? Like, that's horrible. But like, if I was here in West Virginia and that deer, I would be like, I, every day <laughs> hunting that deer. Like, it'd be way different. It's crazy. That's it. That's cool to hear.
0: So different perspective on
3: that. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Don't get me wrong. Like, 155 inch deer, that's a big deer. Yeah. Oh, I yeah, just, dude. On Fort, like, you know. I hate even saying it because you know some people would die for a 150 inch deer, and you know, I don't know. I just I'm lucky enough that some of my yeah. farms have been I've been able to manage into bigger yeah. deer than that. I guess. Yeah, you
0: know? and, and and our expectations always been. I mean, like I have one like knock on door permission property that's pretty close to the house, and there was a 150 inch deer there there this year. You, you've seen some of the videos and stuff, dude. and I was obsessed with this thing. Like every yeah. day, I'm out there trying to spot him. You know and and setting things up, and it's just like man, but if if you're managing a you know a couple thousand acres of huntable area up here in Ohio, like and you already got big deer on the wall behind you, like the expectations yeah. are different, I mean, it's just naturally how that's gonna be,
3: yeah,
2: I mean and you know i I'm fortunate enough to i guess be able to pass on deer like that yeah. because I have enough different properties where I can be like all oh, that I know this deer is four and a half. So maybe I can give him another year. And I kind of, I know he has a 90% chance of making it. So it's just kind of, it's easier for me, I guess I should say.
0: 100%. So. At least in West Virginia, he's got the black bear hunting opportunity too. You ever, you ever try any of that yet? One of our guys went <laughs> down this year.
2: <laughs> yeah. I've never, I've never done it, but I've had a few people invite me to come do it. And it's something that I would really enjoy. Yeah. You'll know, like to do. Um, I know my buddy, he lives over in Elkins and he sends me some pictures of some giant bears up in the mountains. So, um, hopefully one day it's on the bucket list. Oh, I'd yeah. say, I'd say an elk hunt and a bear hunter, are my top two, probably bucket list for sure. So,
0: um, uh, Rochelle, uh, that'd be good for Maggie too. Have you heard DSG, like DSG doing something great yep. in sportswear? Yeah. So we, we carry their products and obviously it's, it's a line of apparel gear towards females and, um, her and her husband. She said, "I think they raised the dog, the, the bear, because they bear hunt with uh, dogs." Yeah, yeah, they raise yeah. dogs, and they're over in Smoke Hole, mm-hmm. like kind of over. Yeah, in the pan I handle. follow them on Instagram. Yeah, doll, yep. she's great. She's great. She's one of the yeah. nicest people I've ever met. Um, but uh, yeah, unfortunately, like they can't like guide. And I I use air quotes. They can't, like, guide hunts, but, like, they're, like, you know, we'll have friends over and stuff, and we'll, like, help them. Yeah, they can. But, yeah, yeah, so. uh, That's cool. That would be an opportunity for sure, man.
1: They have a pretty cool trout uh, yeah, guide service there, too, golden trout.
0: With fly fishing and stuff. Yeah.
1: What's uh what now what's the one that
0: you again you had there isn't wait, we're stopped we got the Instagram page pulled up here with all your pictures. What's yeah. this what's this one right here that you have pulled up? I here? think that's a golden trout. The golden trout yeah. or yellow
1: trout, yeah. whatever, I can't remember. That's what
0: that's from that's from up there in Elkins, um, you know, uh
2: growing up my dad did a lot of trout fishing up there, so he has some pretty good spots that we go up and go up there and fish and um yeah, uh you got your golden trout, your rainbow trout up there and it's cool to go up there and walk the old railroad system and Fish all day long and uh, have
0: some dinner. Yeah, that's awesome.
1: When you guys are in Florida, you ever go after like, peacock bass down there?
2: Um, no, I've always wanted to, but we're a little bit more northern than oh. where the peacock bass yep. are. Um, we've actually joked around about driving down there and fishing some of the canals for them mm. or whatever,
1: like down in Miami um, or never, something.
2: Yeah, but we've never. I've never been down there. Um, but they say they are some hard fighting fish. That's mm. for sure. Like. That's that'd be cool to go, do We've talked about it before going down there, but I never have so i I think if I caught one, I'd probably have to get like a a replica mount or it now oh just yeah. up on the wall
0: a hundred percent
1: crazy colors. Have you seen them before uh,
0: yeah, I'm about yeah. to tell I'm about to tell everyone the story I've told before too. I was down there for my anniversary <laughs> in two thousand twenty one <laughs> Was it last year? Last year, yeah, it was my tenth anniversary. We went because we went, we went the year before, or we went, we went in twenty and in twenty two. Ben's like, gotta catch, gotta go peacock bass, gotta go peacock bass. I had a guy that, um, do you know Brandon Folk from uh, the Far from Stock side of things? They get, yeah. a, they get a little bit. It's more like truck scene stuff, but he had yeah. a, he uh, had a, a guy down there that they use. I think it's like, it's in uh, Fort Myers Beach, Fort Myers area. And uh, that would have been the ticket, man. Some stripe. Was it the, what's the other one down there? Is it stripers?
1: Uh, No, they go after um, uh, redfish and um, And the the peacock. Tarpon.
0: Tarpon. Yeah. Tarpon. Yeah. And so I had, I had all set up and then I just ended up, I just not, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. He's busting busting my balls about it, man. Yeah. I was like, all right, next time I take you with me on my anniversary trip, then we will go. (laughs) Yeah, right. It might be a while, man. That place is all jacked up right now because of the hurricane stuff that came through last year, but it might be a while before we're back in there. I know that they're up and running. I know the charter's up and running that was was taking guys, but yeah, there's a lot of canals and stuff right there. You would certainly catch them out there for sure. Yeah.
2: Yeah that'd be cool to catch one of them for sure you know another
0: thing that i'd like to try to do and like, you have the picture again going back to you and jacoby uh bow fishing i think you had like a massive like grass carp or whatever with the bow fishing yeah. i'm sure that's got to be right uh you're not probably doing much of that now this year with the wrist cast but um yeah let's talk about the bow fishing a little
3: bit
2: <laughs> yeah you know i got into bow fishing uh quite a few years ago and uh man just kind of obviously we, i live right on the ohio river yeah. so um just kind of got into it and ran with it and it was like another thing that i got obsessed with i was doing every night and you know there was some nights i'd be by myself from nine o'clock at night till i watch the sunrise and i wow. was like hey you're crazy but you know i i had found some really big fish and um yeah i ended up killing uh a five foot two, sixty 66 pound grass carp a few years ago um it was un- it was it's crazy like <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah it, so it it was crazy and um yeah just kind of i it, the problem was is like i got obsessed with shooting big fish and um i kind of i took the fun out of it for my dad because he used to get with me a lot but he just would want to shoot fish but i'm like i'll oh, just wait there's gonna be a big one i'll oh, just wait like don't mess it up. Don't mess it up. So, I kind of, I kind of ruined it for him a little bit, just trying to shoot all these big fish. And then, um, yeah, kind of got out of it a few years ago. And then, uh, uh, actually, I bought my kayak and uh, was like, oh, I think I'm gonna. I saw my bow fishing bows hanging up in the hunting shed one day, and I was like, I, I think I'm gonna try to kill uh, uh, go bow fishing in my kayak. So I actually
0: uh, it's like pole, had
2: an old coon, old coon light and uh, went down the river one night and ended up killing quite a few fish out of my kayak and had a really good time. And then I was like, "Oh man, like maybe I should buy another boat." Well, yeah. then a couple weeks a couple weeks later, there's a boat sitting in my driveway, and then just kind of got <laughs> back into it. And um, yeah, got back into it. And now Jacoby went with me one time, and then every day he's like, "We we going fishing tonight? We <laughs> going fishing tonight? <laughs> Dude, I love it." So. Yeah, he's and um, it was it kinda of, I was kinda of thinking about selling the boat at one time and uh now that he's into it I'm like oh, I yeah, can't sell the boat. Yeah. Like, my wife my wife all the time is like, Oh you need to sell that boat, you don't use it but now with Jacoby I'm like, he's kinda of my excuse. Oh he likes to go out in it like But no, he he loves it. He takes like his little toy bow and pretends to shoot him and um, yeah, he's uh it's cool to see him I guess be involved with everything now like um it started with dirt bikes and now it's being hunting and fishing and um yeah just trying to trying to raise them right
0: oh dude yeah 100% and i can echo that like i said our boys are about the same age and so my my daughter's six Uh, she'll be seven here this year and so i'm like right I, i got the sweet spot there with you man and it's so much fun like I was telling you, so my wife, and I may have mentioned this before, but my wife's uh, grandma watches my, my, do- my, my daughter and my son on one of the days during the week, and they took yeah. them out. I don't remember where we were, but she's got a pond. We still mm. got to fish that pond, mm. by the way. She needs some, some of those bluegill taken out. But she's got a pond, and then she took the kids back there, and they didn't catch anything. They usually never do, but um, but they still have so much fun, and so... Thursday, we were Casey's like you know Father's Day stuff. What do you want to do? Whatever, and I needed some stuff for um our grill, our our, our trigger. Yeah, and so I was stopped into the store and I was buying some stuff. And I remember you did the video. Uh, well, I may show people on on YouTube, but you did the video. Was it YouTube? The Mister Crappie, the kids. kids oh yeah, fishing, yeah. The Kids, yeah. kids what to buy for your kid when you're starting yeah. out? Yeah. And Reese was like, man, I want to. Bo- I need a. He, he kept telling me, I need a bobber. I need a bobber. And I don't even know if he said bobber. I think he was saying something else. But he, like he was basically saying, I need a bobber. <laughs> And yeah. I was like, all right, cool man. And I was like looking through. I'm like, oh yeah, Ben did this really <laughs> sweet video about a bobber. Let's go ahead and grab it. Dude, yeah. I I handed him like a little $3 pack of bobber and he was bobbers and it was like two per per pack and he dude, he was like,
3: "Yeah! I Got my bobber."
0: Yeah. <laughs> dude, I just love it, man. It's just so much fun. Yeah. Like we we catch like a little 1 pounders if that a little 11 12 inches out of our back pond. It's girl scummy and I had a, a topwater frog. It was the zoom one that you gave me. Mm. I had the, the EWG hook in it and the fish, it, it choked it. And, uh, you know, I'm having a hard time pulling it out. And the, of course it, it yanked the, the uh, zoom bait, like basically right off the hook was in the zoom bait kind of slid up the line a mm. little bit. So yeah. the, the bait was like roached, right? Like, yeah. you're, you're not, I, I basically just pulled it right off the line and cut it dude, he was like, dad, you need to use this one again, you need to use it. I'm like, buddy, that's yours, keep it, that's your frog, yeah. like, you can keep it, and then, so, when we got <laughs> the top water, we got the top water, and I got stuck in a tree, he was back there with me, dude, he was just loving it, it's just, dude, they're, they're the yeah. best, man, there's, there's cool, so man. much it's, fun,
2: and then, like, it's crazy, because mine is, like, taking up fishing, like, I, we watch hours and hours of YouTube, like, yep yesterday we are fishing, and he's like, I need a GoPro on, like, so you can see my fish, and I'm like, <laughs> Hell yeah. you're watching too much YouTube, dude, <laughs> like, but it's, it's crazy, like, I he, he's like full fisherman, like, I put a lizard on a worm and he casts it out and jigs it, reels it. Like it's, he's full into it. I'm like, maybe we can make a, make a career out of fishing for you.
0: That's a ticket right there. We got some connections for sure. Um, If you're watching YouTube, have have you checked out uh, Brian's stuff yet? Creek crawler. He's down there in Athens. Mm -mm. Uh, So he's got pretty wholesome content. Even with his last one where he was getting braided a little bit there by the landowner, he still kept his cool pretty good. Um, but Brian, we have him, he does our, um, bi-weekly bait, our bi-weekly bait series with, with Ben and, yeah. uh, you know, about some stuff that we have on sale and whatever, but he's got the, what, just one single GoPro typically, mm-hmm. and yeah. he's got some really cool content. So check that yeah. out for sure. He's kayak fishing and, and doing all sorts of stuff down there in Southeast Ohio. And so it'd be kind of local for you. And you may even know. Some yeah, spots. I would check it out. Yeah. He's uh, yeah. he's one of our good dudes, man. He's, he's, it's really good, clean content. He fishes sure. the GMR
1: yeah. too, so that's that's not okay, really yeah. super close, but it's a little bit closer to you down there. hmm
0: Yeah. Okay, yeah.
2: Thank you. Yeah. I'll have to check it out on YouTube. My kid'll my kid'll love it. Any fishing right now, he's obsessed with. It's like we're either riding dirt bikes or fishing right now. Like
0: do you yeah, know pretty cool. And that's what I love. Um I'm sure you've seen like the Degan's the Deegans YouTube series and stuff. And they they do a really good job yeah. keeping it kind of family oriented and stuff too. And I mean they could easily get a big head and make it a super ego. But Brian keeps him pretty leveled. But uh, Huxin, um, you ever see his yeah. stuff, dude. He's, he's out like, there ripping. Them. And then he's, like, fishing, so yeah. stoked about catching bass in Florida. Like, so yeah. stoked. He's, like, everywhere they go, they got to go cool. to a fishing shop, get some, cool. get some bait, get a new rod yeah. for his birthday. I'm, like, this kid could have literally anything. It's, you know, they're they're millionaires. Like, they're the most popular yeah. family in motorsports. And, like, this kid could do anything he wants. He just wants to go on a little John boat and fish, dude. I freaking okay. love it it was pretty cool. It's, it's cool. Raising them right. For sure. Do you see, do you see any, uh, any other guys like that are in the motorsports that are into it kind of like you, like I'm sure you've probably found other guys that are in the same interest as you outside of racing. Yeah. Like, do you see that a lot?
2: Um, not really. Just mostly like, um, actually a few guys mostly see it with Stuart, with Stu Baylor. Like he's a big outdoorsman. You know, he has property in Missouri that, he lets me go and hunt and stuff and you know his brother grant baylor um he's a he's a big time hunter and you know his girlfriend um has killed some big deer in missouri and um there's a few of us that are pretty outdoorsy and um but yeah i know Stu probably has the same passion for yeah, deer yep. as i probably have outside of racing so it's cool you know we have a good friendship and he lets me go oh yeah, yeah. his deer festerous deer in missouri yeah. a couple of years ago i festered a pretty big one out there <laughs> so um but yeah there's a few of us yeah but um
0: malcolm yeah, malcolm it, comes it's... to mind too like malcolm yeah on that side with the fishing side yeah like so, i'll show yeah, you this oh yeah malcolm, you know. malcolm Stewart down mm-hmm. there in the orlando area too but
2: yeah so that yeah i mean there's there's quite a few people i think you know um uh one that comes to mind is Garrett Marchbanks. He rides yeah, for the yeah. He just he's had a he just had
0: a, a heck of a race last weekend. Yeah. Big time elk hunter.
2: Oh really? He's from out west. Like, yeah, he's yeah. a big time hunter. And you know, I've heard stories of uh Villapoto. Villa Villapoto's yeah. a big time hunter. He like goes to Alaska and hunts moose and goes to the, goes west and hunts elk and um yeah, I think there's a lot more people than
0: then yeah what people
2: probably think yeah oh, what we people think i'd say for sure oh, um because go ahead I'm sorry you know like uh i'm trying to see like with the whole racing scene of it, you know we have obviously our big sponsorships like husqvarna and ktm and you know they kind of have a a rep so it's like i think if you're a writer, you kind of have to be down low a little bit. Like that's why I have the separate Instagram or whatever, you know, to kind of have that side of it. And I feel like, you know, a lot of guys can't post what they really want or outdoors. I don't think
3: it makes sense. Just
2: you're sitting there with an elk with blood everywhere. I don't think it would really look good on a, on your main, like, like for your, I guess your sponsorships or whatever. So I feel like, there's a lot more people in the industry that probably are outdoorsy that um, probably don't, a lot of people don't know about for that whole recent, I guess, situation. Oh
0: so. yeah. I would totally see that. I mean, not everyone can be hardy, right? i posting a dead bug yeah. on your Instagram. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, but it yeah. makes sense. Like if you're racing for a multi-billion dollar company and you're like the focal person for that, like an RV, you know, like I mean, yeah. he's one of the greatest riders ever. And like, he's yeah. not, he's not going to jeopardize something he's got with Yamaha or Cali because, he's posting the elk, you know, like, it, yeah. it's just yeah. like, you're not going to, like, you could still love it. You know, yeah. I, had, I had a similar thing, just feel wise, not even necessarily that regard, but like working in finance before here and like being into hunting. It's like, I really got to keep like that separate professionalism. Now I can just yeah. talk about it all the time. So it's but, cool, but yeah. it's uh, I could definitely see that, you know, another one that came to mind too is um, when we had Waddell on, I would, re- I would, I don't even know how I'd have this conversation, but RC Carmichael, uh, he Waddell is telling us that like he helps him with his his he's got like a Suzuki and Car- and yeah. uh, Ricky <laughs> helps him with his Suzuki, and then Waddell helps him really? with some hunting stuff. Yeah, dude, I I'll, that's really cool. I dude, as soon as he told us that, I'm like, no way! Like you got oh, yeah. you get personal Suzuki motorcycle advice from Ricky Carmichael, <laughs> the greatest yeah. person that ever sit on a two wheel bike, and is like. And you just help them with turkey hunting or whatever. Like, yeah. dude, I love it. I love it, man. That's what it's about for sure.
2: Yeah, that's pretty cool for <laughs> sure. That's wild. Wouldn't it you be? I wouldn't think those two, two, those two names would be like affiliated in the same thing, but right? I guess that's right. That's cool. That's I mean, how it works for I, sure. I don't know if I,
0: I, don't know if I, I mean, I, I don't think I've ever told you, but so I went, our first Supercross race was um, Indy last year. I took my boy with us and, um. Somehow, some way, we ended up with Feld. We ended up getting up in the suite, uh, like just visitation for a suite. And um, we were coming back down to our seats before the main event started. And uh, Villapoto was waiting. Like, we were sitting at the elevator to go down. And uh, Villapoto just, like, walked up from me to Ben, like, right beside me. And my buddy Jordan Skinner, he turned around. And I'm just sitting there with my son, like, you know, we're just waiting for the elevator, no big deal. And he goes, he, like, gives me, like, the head nod, like, bro like look beside you i was like yeah. holy
1: shit i was like dude no way <laughs> so my very first yeah. super
0: cross race ever i got to meet one of the best people to ever get on a bike That's cool. and i'm like dude and we're about the same age and so like yeah. it's like we could totally connect and he was just like super down to earth and chill yeah. and then, uh once we got off the elevator he was like doing the hey i got a phone call like i'm that way i don't have yeah. to talk to all these people in the main concourse but it's like oh yeah. ryan bill Boda, man he's some dude He's legit. He's like, so it would be
2: Ryan Villopoto.
0: Yeah. Ben's like, I don't even know who that is. <laughs> I don't even know who it is. He's a cool dude. He's a cool dude. Him and yeah. uh, Ricky do a podcast together about, okay. uh, about dirt bikes and stuff. And uh, he's a multi-time champion. He's, he's, he's yeah. a, he's a legit dude. Um, I've heard
1: Carmichael, but I guess probably who hasn't, you know? Yeah. That's a he's, big yeah. name.
0: Carmichael is like the Tom Brady of motocross. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Carmichael or McGrath, who you who you picking first? Two different things. Carmichael. Yeah. Or, okay, now Stu. Throw Stu in the mix. Carmichael. Yep. Yeah, Carmichael's the GOAT. Uh, Stu, Stu, yeah. uh, we talked about Malcolm. I told you James. James Stewart is, Uh, and we'll get back into hunting here in a second, but um, <laughs> he's probably the fastest man ever on a bike. Like, Stewart's probably the fastest dude that's ever been on a, on a dirt bike. Yeah. I mean, you can't argue that. And then McGrath is, like, the king and comes to Supercross. What is this, like, 50-some... Well, it was, no, it was like 70, 70 something, 70, 70, 72, I
2: think. 70, maybe? Yeah.
0: 72 wins. It's a lot. It's a lot, a lot, a lot of sure. entire career. And then, um, you know, Ricky's just the greatest at doing it all. So, yeah. um, but getting back into hunting, we'll, we'll switch back to that, but kind of a segue. Do you find yourself, someone over here in our customer service team wanted me to ask this as well. Her brother sent a question and, um, Katie, I don't remember Katie's last name. Katie, if you're listening, shout out. I can't remember your last name. I apologize. Her brother races GNCC and actually was at a race. She was telling me that you were helping her dad like navigate a hill last weekend. If, that's, yeah, that's, if that rings about The local race. Yeah. yeah. If, that, if that rings about, I can't remember her yeah. last name. I'm sorry, Katie. Um, but uh, do you, do you think that hunting and racing um, GNCC do you, like, does that help you like spending a lot of time in the woods? Does that help you like kind of see the lines and stuff too with hunting or vice versa like does hunting help you with the racing
2: yeah um it's weird because kind of yeah because you you're i guess accumulated to being mm-hmm. outdoors in the woods and you see things different than what probably a normal person yeah. would see or something like that um i can kind of see that a little bit yeah just um i don't even know how to explain yeah. it really but I, I i can see that for you're sure you're in like familiar
0: country right like it's not foreign yeah to be, right like you can yeah yeah i mean you're, you're probably looks, not telling the difference between a white oak and a red oak at 30 miles an hour on a bike but you know but yeah, still but
3: it,
2: it's funny because i a couple of years ago um actually the who was was like back in my natural habitat looking for deer scrapes and it was me a picture of me running down uh, the edge of a cornfield and like the end of october on a like during a race and it was like, there was a tree branch hanging down. And I remember oh, dude. Uh, under a couple of them, there was like big buck scrapes. And I'm going like 40 mile an hour. And I'm like, <laughs> it was funny because I like put a caption. and was like back in my natural habitat looking for buck scrapes or something like that. So it's funny because like... There's been races where I'm like, Oh damn, that was a nice tree stand or something, you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> oh, that, was a big, that was a that was a big buck rub. Like
0: As it's, it's ripping by you.
2: Yeah, it, yeah, it's it's weird, but like that's just how, how it is, I guess. I don't know. Like
0: it's cool. So Yeah. But, <laughs> Forty mile an hour yeah, that's the, crazy. The crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love it. So love it.
3: it's
2: funny. Like it's pretty it's it's a pretty cool picture. Like it's like corn's like kinda faded and it's just like like a place where a big box rape would be, like
0: it's pretty funny. That's sweet, man. That's sweet. But what? it's like
2: this thing and those things during racing, I'm like, What? I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, or well, then like at the ra at the race last weekend, uh or Sunday, I went and watched or whatever and a guy had it was uh it was a nice millennium stand and I'm like it kinda had a nice ladder up to it and I remember I'm like, oh, it's got a rope up in there. I remember I climbed up in it and was sitting in some random dude's stand, like looking at it and like looking at his shoot windows and stuff. I'm like, this is kind of weird. I'm, like, if it was during hunting season, I'd be pissed if somebody was sitting in my like, stand stinking it up. But I'm like, I, ah, it's, it's still early. We're good. So. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: you're fine. You're fine. Yeah. As you're watching that, everyone drive through. Yeah,
2: but no, it's cool because it kind of both worlds collide a little bit for sure.
0: That's awesome. What has uh? What has been, I guess, going back to like the hunting and fishing stuff, what have been some of the most memorable things that you've, that you've done? I mean, obviously you have some giant deer on your wall back there. Um, yeah. you know, all the memories um, of the fishing side and the hunting side, what have been some of the most memorable things that you've done so far?
2: Um, obviously with Jacoby now, I mean, there's been some pretty, mem- like some pretty awesome things, but I'd say, you know, I've been fortunate enough to kill some really big deer, but I'd say that probably the coolest one is, is my wife killing her, 150 like just how it happened and what we got to experience and um you know it was she grew up as a city slicker and then you know we kind of met and you know now she's in this world where I have like 13 deer hanging on the wall staring at her all the time and um but no she she jumped into it and was really into it and um she's a Avid bow hunter. She don't really like the gun side of it, but she's she really likes she really enjoys the bow hunt. And um, it was a couple of years ago, and she's like, "Ah, I think I want to try to kill a, a, a big buck this year." I'm like, "Okay, like uh, I'm into it. Like, let's do it." And um, I had one picture of this deer, like back in maybe the beginning of October, and he was a really just a huge mainframe eight. I mean, he's 148 inch, uh, eight point, and uh, I had a couple of deer in there that were probably like one thirties. And I was like, Oh, we can go in there. You can hunt one or whatever. And I remember it was like November 7th. I hadn't even shot a deer yet. And I, I, she's lucky I didn't have my bow cause I would have shot this deer. It was like, I don't know, like you, you hear stories of November or you watch stuff on YouTube of sure. November 6th or 7th. And it was like one of those things you dream of November 7th. I mean, this buck came in buck roaring mountain of doe, just like the, the perfect experience for her just to be there to witness that. And even for me, like it was mind blowing, like just how it unfolded, like the buck down there just roaring and um, yeah. And even to, I filmed the whole thing. So to even film, it was like awesome and a cool experience. We'll have that for the rest of our lives. And um, yeah, they, you know, he come in roaring at fifteen yards, and she smoked the thing. And um, I yeah, that. I mean, that was probably probably one of the most memorable things for me. I think being in an outdoors, just being there, witnessing her with that, like seeing her face, and just like, did I get it? And just it was, it was honestly like, even if it was me, it would still be a a memorable hunt. Just how it happened and how the buck came in and stuff like that. I just I remember hearing the buck like you hear people talk about buck roars and that was like the first one I actually ever got to experience. And it like, when I first heard it the first couple of times, he was kind of down in the holler and it like made the hair stand out bone back. Oh, neck. I mean, it was just like something like, like hopefully, you know, if you're avid outdoors and like, it's something you can experience one day, like just hearing the roar and stuff. So, um, yeah, for her to kill that deer and, and, filming and everything and be there with her like that that was that's something i'll never forget and like even though we have it on film and um yeah it's it's crazy like i don't think i don't think everything anything will ever top that like it was a cool experience and um yeah i mean another thing was even though i didn't get to kill the deer i'll probably never have another deer on it on camera like it again but um a guy ended up killing it, it was like he was 214-inch deer. Like, it's a giant deer. I called him Double D. There's some pictures of him on my hunting page and stuff. And uh, I think he was, like, 27 scoreable points. But, um, yeah, man, just um, got the farm late in the year, one year, put up camera, um, got some pictures of him. He had two probably six or seven-inch drops on each side, um, probably, like, maybe 170-inch deer, 165 um hunted him a few times uh didn't get him fast forward to the next year i spent everything on this deer like i mean i did it i was doing stuff in the rain i was wearing rubber gloves i was like just i was obsessed with this deer all summer long and um had pictures the very first pictures i got of him that year was like june 17th and he was already like 160 inch deer and i'm like oh my gosh like This deer is going to be incredible. Uh, Watched the deer grow um, into a 214 inch deer. Um, He uh, disappeared like three days before season. Um, Hunted this deer 41 days. I hunted deer 41 days. Um, and And this property is in the middle of nowhere. No cell phone service, nothing. So I'm in the stand 41 days uh 11 i I remember this to a fact 11 days were all day sits um hunting the deer obsessed with the deer never had a picture of him. yeah hunting him all them days and then turn around like january 3rd i'm in florida a guy calls me my buddy's like hey you you were literally hunting a ghost so i'm like what do you mean he's like that guy killed that deer the first day of season so i was literally oh man hunt, hunting a deer all those days and he wasn't even alive. So, um, I mean, that'd be pretty, that's, that's a pretty memorable hunt. Like, I don't know. It just, um, just it's almost better if he didn't tell you. <laughs> I know. Like, um, yeah. So, uh, it's, those two things are probably the most memorable things I've had hunting wise. Yeah. Um, even though, I mean, I didn't kill the deer, just having a deer of that caliber to even hunt try, is, yeah. is, yeah, it's crazy. So, um, yeah, you know, I've been able to kill, Uh, these two deer the last two years, uh, 171 inch deer and 170 inch deer, like to kill two booners back to back. Like that's pretty cool. But,
0: um, yeah, the wife's hunt was probably, probably the coolest for sure. You got you made sure to give her a special spot on the wall though, didn't you? Yeah. She's, she's got (laughs) it
2: right up there in front of the TV. Perfect. There you go. Uh, Yeah. So, um, yeah, I've been fortunate enough to kill some really big deer. I got a seven point like 148 inches at seven point um that was that's a pretty cool story you know um was hunting that year actually it, it's funny because I had a cast on this wrist that year um that fall and uh my buddy called me he's like hey man I just seen a giant deer um told me where it was at I'm like there ain't no way like literally on the edge of a really busy county road um cornfield and literally uh um, I had it mapped. Out. It's like an a acre and a half woods. That's it. There's nothing else around it. Um, so I was like, man, like how am I even going to hunt this deer? Hunt started hunting in the ground blind, um, but literally I was fit, looking at a uh, 10 yard strip. Like that was it. So it was pretty boring. So I ended up finding this tree. Uh, by the time I got up and then I was like eye level with the county road. Like so. Um, and the neighbor wasn't too pumped. I was hunting the deer. So every time he would drive by, beep, give oh, me the geez. finger, yell out the window, um, end up, uh, killing this deer, like pretty cool story. Just, um, the deer was bedded in that acre woods every day and just happened to be there at the right time, at the right place and, That's awesome. um, k- killed him on my birthday. So that was pretty cool. Oh, okay. Um, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I've been I've been fortunate enough to kill some really good deer and, uh yeah just i think with the whole racing side of it i'm able to be outdoors all the time you know um get done training and stuff i'm checking cameras uh, you know uh this time of year i'm running minerals everything so it's it's all it's like a full-time job really with deer hunting i, I feel like and even turkey hunting you know i mean it's uh every chance i get you know I, i'm turkey hunting deer hunting fishing and um yeah just i love to be outdoors um my wife hates it that i'm gone so much because yeah. i'm gone racing and then i'm gone outdoors hunting, yeah yeah for sure but um no it's it's cool and you know now especially with Jacoby getting in there i'm sure uh sure we'll be uh hunting together a bunch so yeah it's, it's cool. only it's
0: only gonna get better man it's only gonna get better because yeah, now you sure. can basically you know what we were talking about dads where you live in their glory days with their kids right now you yeah. get to relive it all over again with the <laughs> yeah. hunting side, dude. It's gonna be yeah, it's gonna be sure. great. It's gonna be great.
2: Yeah, and it's cool to see how like into hunting he is. Like it, it's like he he's into it, and um, you know, like obviously some kids are kind of like, yeah, I don't know, but yeah. like, dude, he's hundred percent in. Like, had to buy him a bow for Christmas, and um, yeah, it's yeah. it's cool. I'm excited. I'm excited to, to live that out with him for sure
0: awesome i can't wait to i'm gonna
2: have to build a if he has the same luck he does with fishing though i'm gonna have to do my start my own taxi, yeah.
3: taxi <laughs> <too>.
0: <laughs> we got a guy for that you got a guy here's what you do so you can go up and see our guy toby Burdett on your way the fat on your way to uh route 62 You'll take Jacoby up there, do some indoor, go ahead and drop off your, your mount right there in Utica on the way up. You'll be, you'll be set, man. Stop by the shop and buy some stuff on the, over here in Hebron, we'll fish Buckeye Lake. It'll be great. Yeah. It
2: was funny because the other day uh, I was loading my kayak up with all my stuff. And he's like, where are you going? I'm like, I'm going to go fishing in the morning and, he was mad that I was not taking him up there. Like he <laughs> cried everything. He was pretty upset. Like I was like, buddy, I don't know if it'd be a good idea to go up there with here or not. So, um, yeah, but I don't take him. he gets, he gets pretty upset.
0: I love it, dude. I love it so much. Like yeah. Yeah, I only, only a dad really understands, man. It's just, it's, it's the best. So, yeah. well, sweet man, we've been going on for a little while now. Did you have any more? Yeah. want to add, I don't, I want to get him back to his, uh, nice boring afternoon of, looking at trail camera <laughs> pictures and putting mineral out yeah. while we're sitting here at work. No, yeah. I'm excited, man. Yeah. We'll, we'll uh I'm glad to have this relationship, you know, uh, yeah, again, man. um, shout out to Jordan for hooking this up because, um, he, he knew that we were doing this and he knew that I was getting into it and, and, um, and hooked us up and it's been cool to, to kind of watch you in the motocross and then see how passionate you are with the outdoors. It just makes it that much sweeter for me to, to kind of have two things yeah. to talk about with somebody. And, uh, Next time you're in uh, AEP, man, I'm about 45 minutes yep. away, uh, there in Perry County, so uh, I'll be happy to come out and we'll 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 throw a couple of baits in there, cast some bait in the water for yeah. sure, yeah. man. So
2: for sure awesome. i've been up at the shop a few times i've stopped in there a few times so okay i have to stop back in and see yeah you as you sure. keep
0: buying all the stuff for Jacoby, and you buy yourself a new hobie kayak and we'll we'll, we'll yeah. be there for you buddy we'll be there
2: <laughs> i'm about to about to stop in there and buy me the new phase four so you there you go yeah. well you
0: see what i'm wearing yeah. today so yeah. <laughs> come check it out man we got we got several yeah. we got several for sure well that man good, again thank you for uh for coming on today i knew it was going to be great and you know you, yeah you did just that so we look forward good luck healing up i look forward to seeing you on some doing some success there with gas gas and uh best of luck moving forward buddy
2: yeah thank you very much all
0: right everyone that is all we have for you today we really hope you enjoyed that conversation with thad you know it's really fun for us to introduce you to some great people who while they have other interests or professions they really just enjoy being outside hunting and fishing like the rest of us as always we appreciate you listening Have a great 4th of July, and until next time, enjoy the pursuit.